Welcome to 70 Palms. Welcome to our November 70 Palms, the month of Thanksgiving, and we are thankful for you. We rejoice that you're here. Let's stand and pray, and then we'll read a part of scripture and begin with our evening. Heavenly Father, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the abundant love that you pour out. Father, just give us buckets tonight that we don't have even room to contain. Every woman who walked through this door walks with a story, walks with a, a position, a place, and a grace that you know her, you know her name, you knit her together in her mother's womb, and she is treasured, adorned, and you have a plan for her life. And tonight, Lord Jesus, we just ask that you open up heaven and clear out the distractions, maybe, that we walked in with. Clear out anything, any burden, anything that is just, we've got a list running as women, Lord. And we just ask that we lay that down. And we just come before you, ready to receive the abundance that you have for us today. In your mighty name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And just stay standing. And I'm going to read a scripture from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 9. And it says, Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is his great mercy that he has given us new birth. He's given us a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. He's given us this new hope. And into this an inheritance mm, that can never perish that can never ever spoil or fade this inheritance. And guess what? It's kept in heaven for you. It's stored up there, ladies. We have an inheritance that is stored in heaven. Through our faith, guess what? It's shielded. It's protected, this inheritance. This inheritance is shielded, not by us, but by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And in all of this, you greatly can rejoice. Though now, for a little while, you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, and these may come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, which is of even greater value and worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus is revealed. Though, you've, though you have never seen him, you love him. And though you can't even see him today, you believe in him and therefore are filled with glorious joy. How do we respond while living in times of trials? It says we love, we believe, and we rejoice in Christ. We love him in our trials as we seek his glory and determine how we can bring him most glory in any trial that is going on. 
We believe in Christ. We can trust him by obeying him, not because of our feelings, but because we obey him, Jesus. And then we can rejoice and look for ways, even in the trial, Lord, that we can rejoice and give you glory. Because right now, today, we're already receiving that salvation and that inheritance. It says we are receiving the end result of our faith, which is the salvation of our souls happening here, happening now. As we focus on him and as we begin to settle our hearts and give him worship, I want to invite you in a moment to come up and take a cup that has a grape and a cracker, but just come up and stand. We're going to worship and then a song and then take communion, but just come on up, but don't go back to your seat. If you feel comfortable, just stand. We're going to be sisters in Christ standing, knowing his love, believing and rejoicing in what he has for us tonight. God bless you. If you're comfortable, come on up and get the communion.
1 Corinthians 11, 20 and 29 says, Let a person examine himself. In this way, let him eat the bread and drink from the cup. For whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body, eats and drinks of judgment on himself. Paul urges us to examine ourselves before we partake in the bread and the cup. We do this so that when we come to communion, we are humbled in our heart. And not so that we are coming and pretending that we are right with God, but that we can find peace before we can embrace the sacrifice that he made for us. 1 Corinthians 11.23 says, On the night when he betrayed, when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So let's take this piece of bread, our cracker, and remember the sacrifice that God made for us on that night. That he knew the following day that he was going to be shedding his blood for our sins, for our salvation. So let's take that bread. And it follows in the same way. He also took the cup after supper and said, this is the cup of my new covenant in my blood. Do this so as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.
tonight. God, we ask that we can be more like you. Whatever needs to be cleaned out of our hearts, cleaned out of our minds, cleaned out of our thoughts, God, would you just help us clean that out, Lord, so we can find more of you, more of you, and less of us. God, we give you our hearts, we give you our minds, we give you everything, God, and we're listening to you. We love you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Uh, before they passed, 
And we decided instead of um, you know getting the new countertops I've wanted for a few years or paying off a bill or just blowing through it, um, that we were going to honor them and travel with it because they love to travel the world. So um, a couple weeks ago, we were enjoying the last few moments of the nice weather sitting outside on the deck. Uh, and we had been talking about some international travel. We have like a million places we want to go. We wanted to go to Thailand. We wanted to go to Spain. Um, but international travel isn't exactly, you know, with COVID and all that. We decided, you know what, we're just going to uh, stay somewhere local, celebrating our 10-year anniversary trip on our 11th year of marriage. And we kind of on a whim booked a trip to Hawaii. So we leave Thanksgiving Day, um, just the two of us, nine days, no children, and we are going to rest. So that's the end of my message. Thanks for coming. I'm just teasing. <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> Um, so I just want to open up the night in prayer before I get into the message. Uh, so if you could just bow your heads and uh, pray with me. So Jesus, thank you so much for this night. We've had just a wonderful prayer as we were preparing for the night. Uh, some great opening scripture and prayer. Awesome worship. And I just want this to be a night, God, that you use me. Um, that your words come out of, out of my mouth. That I can be your vessel, your daughter, and touch the hearts and lives of the women that are here. Um, I pray that whatever women came in here with tonight, that they can lay it down, um, that they can find some rest in 70 palms, and take your word and use it throughout the week, Lord. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It's in your mighty name I pray. Amen. All right, so I'm preparing for the message. I did a little research um, and was looking up some statistics on busyness and stress in our lives. So I'm going to throw a few of these at you. The first one, women report being more busy than men. Can I get an amen? <laughs> All right. 60% uh, of adults in the U.S. report that they sometimes feel too busy to enjoy life. I found that really saddening. So six out of 10 of us are sometimes too busy to even enjoy life. 33% of adults report feeling a gap in personal relationships because of busyness. So over a third of us are feeling like our personal relationships are lacking because we're too busy. 50% of people report lying awake at night because of stress. So half of us are lying awake in our beds, probably worrying unnecessarily about the stress that is in our lives. And 33% of people report extreme stress daily. So over a third of us, again, reporting that stress on the daily. I found this quote a while back, and I think it... Um, perfectly kind of sums up what I wanted to discuss with you all tonight. So the quote is, it takes courage to rest and play in a culture where exhaustion is seen as a status symbol. I know I can definitely relate to 
not being somebody that rests enough, that has too much busyness in my life. Um, people are sacrificing their sleep, their free time, their recreation time, time with their families, time with their friends um, because of this busyness that we live with in our culture and throughout the world. So if you're anything like me, I have a to-do list that I'm constantly looking at, wanting to check things off, and then it just gets longer. I actually started keeping it in my phone. Um, and I was talking to a friend about it the other day and, and was showing her, and she's like, oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. It really is. Um, I feel guilty about sitting around. I feel like there's always something I should be doing, um, taking care of a project, folding the laundry, whatever it might be. Uh, and, and really spending time just not being present, uh, maybe not being present with my family and in my relationships because of all the things that are going on. A few weeks ago, maybe a few months ago in terrible time frames, um, but Pastor Dustin preached a message on a breathing room. So there's a lot of good nuggets in that message about rest. And I've heard this quote before, um, but one of the things that he said is if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. So we find ourselves sacrificing our health, uh, becoming spiritually sick, becoming irritable or restless. We work too much, we're fatigued. Uh, we have the loss of personal connections. Um, I know for myself, I suffer from headaches really bad when I'm overdoing it, um, but to tell you that is not God's will for our life. He doesn't want us to live a life of busyness, just filling our minds and our lists with things to do. Um, he doesn't really care about our to-do list, uh, and he doesn't want us to feel guilt and shame about resting. So in the Bible, you will um, find and hear about the Sabbath day. Um, it took me a long time after coming to Life Church and kind of reestablishing my relationship in God um, to honor the Sabbath. And I'll get to how I do that later on in the message. Um, but Sabbath literally means to rest. So it took God six days to create the earth, and on the seventh day, He rested. Um, so it is not a new concept. It is one of God's commandments for our lives. In Exodus 28, it states, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. So this is a time in which we are not supposed to be working. We are supposed to be spending time connecting with God, celebrating life, and worshiping God. I was looking up some of the definitions as I was preparing for the message. Um, and I looked up what relaxation was, and then I found a few different things that um, define rest. But I like this one the best. Rest is defined as ceasing work or movement in order to find peace, ease, or refreshment. So I'm going to say that again. Rest is defined as ceasing work or movement in order to find peace, ease, or refreshment. So it doesn't necessarily mean 
that you're just gonna sit around, that you're gonna be lazy, that you're gonna chill. It means that you're going to stop working so that you can find that sense of peace, ease, and refreshment in your life. I'm gonna take a drink. So Reva Henry, who's no longer on uh, the team here because she's planting a church somewhere else, uh, one time preached a message in which she did an acronym, and she didn't really want to do an acronym because um, she thought it was a little cheesy, but I'm doing an acronym, an acronym tonight, thinking it's a little cheesy, but that's where God led me for this message, so you're just going to have to deal with it. So if you're taking notes, we're going to start with our... Resting is time to recharge. God is asking us in the Bible to lean on him, to cast our cares upon him, for him to take our burdens away so that we can find that peace, ease, and refreshment in our lives. In Matthew 11, verse 28 and 29, God states, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So what is it that works for you? Everybody's different. Um, going back to my husband and I, um, he is an introvert all the way. I swear we could just sit for days on end and he'd be perfectly fine not saying a word. I chat his ear off and again this is why our relationship works. But he finds that he recharges best when he's alone, um, when he's in a quiet place, uh, or having time and silence. So raise your hand if you are an introvert in the room. You like the silence, you like the quiet. Okay, well we're moving over to the rest of you who are extroverts like me. I love being around people. I want to talk a lot. I don't really care for silence all that much. Um, I find refreshment in going out to eat with my girlfriends, talking about everything going on in our life, talking about the goodness of the Lord. Um, so every year or so, my husband will just say, I need a break. He goes to a hotel like a whole weekend and talks to nobody and does nothing and he like reads or takes a walk and I'm like that sounds so incredibly boring I don't understand what you're doing okay that's fine that's that's you so when my um, youngest son Thomas was about one um, I had this wonderful boss and I was talking to him about how my husband did this and I was real stressed out. I had three kids working a full-time job, that sort of thing. And so he said, well, I would like to pay for you to be able to go to a hotel for the weekend and, and do that. I'm like, okay, I'll give it a whirl. So I went up to Appleton, checked into my room, did some shopping. Of course, I pulled out my to-do list. Like, what could I get accomplished this weekend? And uh, a girlfriend of mine called me and she's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, it's Friday night. I'm just kind of like hanging out in a hotel room by myself. I'm gonna get some food what are you doing? She's like, nothing. I'm like, you should come to the hotel. <laughs> so she drove on up from Madison and we spent the whole weekend talking and eating and 
went shopping and it totally filled my soul. So again, I don't know what he does. It's so boring to me. Um, anyways, I really believe that we can find the time to recharge in whatever works for us. Whatever it is that recharges your soul, um, that is what Jesus wants for us in our lives. Um, I, another study I found said that people spend an average of 4.5 hours on a weekday and six hours on a weekend on TV, games, electronics, sports, and other recreational activities. That's a lot of time. So I just thought, imagine if we spent even 15 to 30 minutes of that time refreshing our souls in whatever way that that is for you and spending time with God, spending time in the word. I believe if you love something, you will find the time for it. All right, moving on to E. Resting is being encouraged. So resting is a time for us to find ourselves um, not what others want from us or what others need us to be, but who God really created us to be. And my hope is that in these times of busyness that we can rest and, and sit in the presence of God's love for us um, because that love doesn't have conditions. That love doesn't have a million things that they need for us. God's love um, is just pure love for the person that he created us to be. And John 16.33 states, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I think that scripture can be a little bit scary because of that in this world you will have trouble part, but then it continues on to say, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So there is nothing that Jesus isn't going to take care of for you. Um, he wants you to be encouraged by his word. So God's got this. He's got the whole world in his hands. I won't sing it for you. Um, he has overcome so that we don't have to. So I was thinking about, again, back to my to-do list, which is on my phone and a mile long, um, and how right now, I'll tell you a few of the things that are on there. I have to take care of this stupid bank fee that I got charged. I don't know what happened, but that's been on there for like a week. I have to sign some forms because I'm a mom and that's all that comes home in backpacks is forms to sign. I have to schedule some appointments, one of them being a doctor's appointment for myself, but you know, everybody else needs the dentist and the doctor and all those things. And I need an oil change, okay? And it stresses me out. Then I was imagining what God's to-do list was. So his would say something like, perform miracles, save sinners, heal the sick, feed the children. And then I wonder why on earth am I making such a big deal of all these little things that I have to do. In Matthew 6, 27, it states, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? So I'm gonna read that one again, because it's one of my favorites. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? It really does absolutely nothing for us. 
Uh, he wants us to cast his cares upon him and be encouraged by his word and his promises. All right, moving on to S. Resting is for us to be stilled. I remember my mother saying uh, when we were growing up, I come from a family of uh, three children, two other siblings. I can't even hear myself think. And I always kind of wondered what that meant until I now say it, because you know, you just slowly become your mother. Um, so I say it, the kids are crazy, the dog is barking, and I'm like, I can't even hear myself thinking here. Um, so we need to find time to find silence. As I talked about earlier, finding time for the things that we love, finding a few minutes to thank God, finding a few minutes in your day to be in his word. One of the things I really love is being in nature. And uh, when COVID hit, you know, we became these like great outdoors men and we got new bikes and we would go hiking and all that things. What else could you really do besides sit in your house um, and go out and enjoy nature? Um, so prior to me having little children, um, I would often take a hike on Sundays um, by myself and just kind of look around the beauty that God had created and thank God silently um, and just walk, just walk in nature. It's something I really enjoy. So uh, one hike during COVID, we take the family on a hike and my daughter is um, not a very content person. She's not chill at all. Um, I say she'd be happiest if you woke up every day and gave her like an itinerary of what we were gonna do. She always wants to know what we're doing, how long it's gonna take, when we're gonna be home, what's the next plan. And so we were hiking and she was complaining the whole time. And um, I said, Jovi, do you know what I like to do when I hike? And she said, what? You know, probably rolled her eyes or something at me. And I said, well, I really like to just take a moment and listen to the sounds, listen to the, you know, the, the, or feel the earth on our feet, and just look at all the beautiful things that God has created and, um, you know, look at the beauty around us and thank God for that. And she said, do you know what I like to do? And I said, what? And she said, think about going home. <laughs> okay, so she is not being stilled by nature at all. She still really isn't. Um, but it led me to a passage uh, that reminded, it just, I, I, I didn't even have that story in my message so I was reviewing this passage and it just kind of reminded me of that story. But in Psalm 23, verses one and two, the Lord is my shepherd, I will lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside quiet waters as he refreshes my soul. So finding that time to be stilled and finding what really refreshes your soul. Going back to the, I can't even hear myself think, how could we possibly connect with God in his word if there's literally no time and we can't hear ourselves think? The only way is to be still. Psalm 46.10 states, be still and know that I am God. 
And in Exodus 14, 14, it states, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. So God can't be a part of our lives if we don't take the time and still ourselves to allow him in. All right, and last but not least, we're on to the T. So resting allows time to talk to God. So to be completely honest, I am not a person who spends an extensive amount of time um, in the word daily or on a daily devotion where I'm spending loads of time on it. But what I do is I'm in constant communication with God. So hopefully he's not sick of hearing from me yet. Um, but on the way to work, I'm praying. Sometimes it's out loud, sometimes in my head. Um, I'm texting my friends and telling them, you know, I'm praying for you about situations that are going on. Um, and resting really allows us time for that conversation. It allows us time for prayer. It allows us time for worship. And it allows us time for thanks. So when was the last time that you talked to God? Have you asked him to reveal his purpose in your life? It really allows us to build what should be the most important relationship in your life. And it's impossible to have any sort of relationship without talking. In Exodus 33:14 states, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. So he's always gonna be there. It doesn't matter where you are, he is there with you and he wants to provide you with that rest. In the um, phrase, or I'm sorry, the scripture that I read um, earlier about him fighting for us, um, he wants to fight for you. He's, he's the heavenly father that wants to have you have all the best things in life. And he wants us to feel that peace. He wants us to feel rest. And he wants us to feel refreshed in him. So there's a couple of things I've done over the years. Um, because this honoring the Sabbath and resting is very difficult for me. Um, and some of these are spiritual and some of them aren't, okay? So it doesn't always have to be a spiritual thing, but you got to rest your souls, ladies. So I'm going to list them off for you. The first thing I do is every day when I wake up, I read a Bible verse on my phone, my Bible app. It's the first thing I do before I, I usually jump onto Facebook next, which is just terrible because that does nothing for me. But anyways, I read my daily Bible verse. Say a little prayer to God, say thanks to God, and I move on with my day. The second thing I do to find time for rest in my life is I say no. I think this gets older or gets easier as you get older, um, or maybe just gets easier as you determine that being a people pleaser and saying yes to everything just really doesn't work for your life. Um, so there are some friendships that maybe aren't fulfilling any longer. Um, I'm not spending time in those sort of friendships or relationships. I will never say yes to a committee or a PTA ever in my whole life. So I say no to those. I'm not going to be the coach of the soccer team because I don't know anything about playing soccer. 
Um, but just finding ways to say no so that you can say yes to God and allow that time in your life to spend uh, with God and in his word. The third one is I hired a housekeeper. So something I wanted to do for years and years. And I worked it into the budget, presented it to the husband, and he said okay. Um, so I started out with like, oh, you want to just come once a month and I'll do all the in-between stuff. And then I moved it down every three weeks, and I still got to do the in-between stuff, and I'm about to ask her if she can come every other week. So, um, again, that might not be something for everybody. That might not be something everybody can do. But being a full-time um, working mom, I was spending my Saturday trying to clean the house and my Sunday trying to do everything else. And back to Monday, I was feeling frazzled and never really having any time to rest in my life. Number four, I started reading, and I'm super proud of this one. I um, joined a, not joined, me and my girlfriends decided during COVID we wanted to see each other, so we did like a Zoom book club, which really was like 15 minutes of talking about a book and three hours of talking about everything else. Um, and that is very refreshing for me, um, just kind of getting lost in a book, being able to still myself. Again, sometimes that's a Christian book, and sometimes that's not, and that's okay. Just find, for me, it's a place where I can just really escape from everything else that's going on. And I'm not really sure what else I'm not accomplishing, because I used to do something else with that time. But, oh, well, it's getting done. Probably by the girl I hired to clean my house. That's what's getting done. That's how it's getting done. Um, the next thing is I have declared do nothing Saturday in my house. So that's the day where we honor the Sabbath. Uh, we do nothing. We don't clean. Um, I live with children and a dog and the house. If I clean it on Saturday morning, it's going to be a disaster by Sunday night. So we really do nothing. Um, that's not to say that we're just sitting on the couch doing absolutely nothing. We try to find things to do to enjoy as a family. Um, but we're not worrying about the things that we need to do. We're not worrying about getting the house clean. Uh, we're doing nothing on Saturdays. And then lastly, I thank God whenever I can. So I end my day, again, going back to um, I'm not spending every day minutes upon minutes and hours upon hours in devotionals or Bible studies, but I end my day thanking God. So praying to him. Um, I pray with each of my children. We thank God for what, what went on throughout the day. I always kind of say the same few things at the end, that we can be a blessing to other people, that we can follow Jesus all the days of our lives, and just really give thanks to him, and it helps me draw closer to him and remember the goodness that he has for my life. So the band is going to come out and play another song for us. And as they do... I want you to reflect on a few things. So I'm going to ask a few questions and then one more statement. And then as they play, I just want you to reflect on the goodness of Jesus in your life um, and how you can find rest. So the first thing is, what habits can I change to allow for rest in my life? What are things that maybe you're doing or not doing um, that you that you can change to allow time for rest. What can I say no to so I can say yes to more time?
with God? What boundaries might I need to draw to allow for more rest in my life? And then as you're pondering those questions and listening to the words of the song, ask God to reveal to you where you can find more rest in your life.
especially, you'll see at the end of certain verses or passages, there's this word, and it's Selah. And Selah means to pause, to stop, to rest, to take a break. We get our name, 70 Palms, from Exodus 15, 27. And Israel has been in slavery for years. Working, 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 working. And God rescues them, brings them out, and they have this incredible moment where he literally saves them by parting the Red Sea. So they go from bondage into this intense moment, right? And they're like, what are we going to do? There's the sea in front of us and the Egyptians are behind us. They're going to come. They're going to get us. What are we doing here? And God says, trust me. And it says in the word that he parts with the wind, the sea. And that they are able to cross it on dry land. They cross it, they turn, and they're able to see their enemy coming after them. And the Lord then relaxes the waters and consumes their enemy. They're walking, they're walking, and they start to grumble, and they start to complain. And they come to a place where the water is bitter like their attitude. And God says, did you not see what I just did for you? Will you not trust me? And he tells Moses to put the stick into the water and the water becomes sweet. They head out on their journey. Again, going to the promised And they become thirsty again, and they're tired, and they start to complain, and they start to grumble, and they start to have an attitude again. And Moses is like, what am I supposed to do with these people? And God says, again, do you not trust me? And he brings them to a place where in the middle of a desert, it's an oasis, and there's 12 springs and 70 palm trees. That's where we get our name, a place of rest. We would like to think that we would not be like the Israelites, mumbling, murmuring, complaining, but we do exactly the same thing as in that passage. We're working, we're working, we're working, we're working, we're working, we're working. No time for God, no time to rest. He brings us out. He shows us that we can trust him and we murmur and we complain. He brings us out and he delivers us again. And we keep going back into that bondage, right? Instead of sitting in his presence,
presence and resting, just resting, drinking from his presence and sitting in his shade, sitting in his presence. Girls, you have an opportunity tonight. Find a place, find a chair, find a corner and sit and let him speak to you. Sit with your hands outstretched and said, here I am, your daughter. It's 8.19. Sit in his presence. We are literally giving you that opportunity tonight. Rest in him. Come to him. All who are weary and heavy laden, the holidays are coming. There is no rest. We work ourselves into a frenzy. For what? Sit in his presence. We don't get to do this on a Sunday morning. Sit in his presence. Find rest. Have a Selah moment. Take your work with you. Open it. Say, speak to me. Show me. I'm here, your daughter, your servant. I want to hear from you. I want to rest. I need, I need your presence. We need your presence. Jesus, we come before you and we give you this moment, the Salem moment. Do in this moment whatever you want to do. It's yours. Speak to your daughters, for we are so tired of spinning and going and doing and running and wiping noses and chasing accounts and running kids here and running kids there and being a taxi and, 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 and worrying about finances and worrying about our health and worrying about our aging parents and, and worrying about are our kids going to be able to do this and is my kid dating the right person and what about this dance and is, is my kid going to be able to be okay and am I okay? Is my marriage all right? We worry and we carry so many things so we want to lay them down at your feet. We give them to you. We literally lay them at the altar for you. Take it. Take it because we were never meant to carry the weight of this world. That's your job. But oh, as women, we want to so desperately help you and carry the weight of this world. So I pray. As Anna sings majesty again, Lord Father God, have your way with your daughters, whether they stand or they find a chair in a corner somewhere, whether they kneel at their chair, whatever they do, I pray that they literally would find their Selah moment, their moment of rest in you. We give this to you. We give this moment to you. We honor you in this moment of rest, of Selah. We thank you for the opportunity to sit in your presence. How precious and dear that is. For some, this is the only moment of calm that we're going to get today or this week or this month. So we want to honor you and share.
this moment, we do not take it lightly. Speak to your daughters, I pray tonight. When Anna is done, please feel free to be dismissed. We thank you, Jesus.